Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the LMU Basketball Podcast. It's been too long, but we are back here on the LMU Basketball Podcast, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in as we get this thing restarted. As we said, it's been too long, LMU Basketball back underway. For anyone who's tuned into the broadcast, whether on KXLU on the radio or through the the video broadcast on the WCC Network, happy that you've joined us there and happy that you're rejoining us here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's been a little bit of a hiatus with the podcast, but we're back. We're going to be going regularly again as the season keeps going here for the LMU Lions, who are 10 games into this regular season, 6-4 and four as we sit right now, getting ready for a couple of road games to wrap up non-conference play. It's how quickly season has gone by, but from November 9th when it started until the 21st on Tuesday, that'll wrap up non-conference play, and then we hit the new year, January 1st, LMU taking on Gonzaga at home in Los Angeles to kick off West Coast Conference play. So, so much to look forward to, so many exciting things to LMU basketball, as we mentioned, 6-4 and four on the year. Uh, they had a tough loss uh, last Saturday on the 11th at home against New Mexico State. That was after a couple of nice wins on the road against Long Beach State and Tulsa. So, we've seen some good, we've seen some bad, but we've seen great competitive spirit from this Lions team. It's been, uh, as we detailed in the offseason, it's a very tough non-conference schedule for the Lions. They've really loaded up this schedule with all good opponents to test themselves and try to be one of those teams who gets into postseason play. Uh, that's what they their goal has been. That's what they're aiming for. And they've been competitive. You know, Outside of a blowout win over Little Rock, Arkansas, and a blowout loss against Florida State, Every single game the Lions have played has been close. It's been down to the wire. And we've seen LMU forced into a lot of those clutch situations, as they call them, final five minutes, five-point game or less. That's been the story of pretty much every game this season for the Lions. And, you know, on the road, it's resulted in some great wins. We've seen some of those tougher losses on their home floor, ironically, with, you know, tough losses to Grand Canyon and New Mexico State. Also, Chattanooga, the loss to kick off the season. So it's been a little up, a little down, but right now the Lions, as we mentioned, 6-4 and four on the year uh, and starting to get healthier. Uh, a couple key players have either been coming back from injuries or have been out of the lineup. Jalen Anderson, who was such a great freshman last year, has been out with an ankle injury. He looks like he's starting to, to get closer to coming back. And, and Damian Douglas, who missed so much of last year and the year before, uh, has come back and returned, and he has looked just as good as he ever has. He's been really a fantastic re-addition back into the Lions lineup, so it's been great to see him do his thing, and the Lions play some fun and exciting basketball. I think for them, it's about playing 
40 minutes of a complete game. That's what Stan Johnson has been hammering home. That's what the goal is for them and going forward. Hopefully it's something we see in the final couple of non-conference games and in leading into what's going to be a daunting West Coast Conference. LMU is picked to finish fourth in the offseason. Uh, that's going to be tough. I, it's definitely doable, but the conference is stacked with great teams. Of course, we mentioned Gonzaga, BYU, St. Mary's, the usual suspects, but the San Francisco Dons have been a force in the non-conference play thus far. They're 10-0. and They've been amazing. You also throw in teams who... Have really played well as well. Portland, maybe not expected to be as good, but they're off to a good start. Santa Clara, up and down the conference, as always, never an easy game in there. So a lot to discuss, and here to discuss it with me, my good friend, my broadcasting partner, Jonathan Grace, uh, able to come on the show. So we're going to give you our conversation detailing everything from the past 10 games for the Lions. So I think you'll really enjoy that conversation with Jonathan. But quickly, before we get there, I want to let you know that you can enjoy this show wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, we are there. You can also find everything with the show at the hub at Believe.com, where we have this show, the homepage. You can find anything you need right there on Believe.com. So be sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff right here on the Believe Podcast Network. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jonathan Grace on the LMU Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here we go. We're now joined by our guest here in the LMU Basketball Podcast. He is my broadcasting partner on KXLU and the WCC Network, Jonathan Grace, who does such a great job. It's his second time here on the podcast. So Jonathan, thanks for taking the time and joining on the pod. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm always uh, always excited to be here. Yeah, and and obviously for uh for the Lions, you know, this is the first time we've been back on the pod in a little while, so you know, people have been following the team, know where they're at, but for those who don't, uh, you know, 10 games into the regular season right now, 6 and 4 on the season. We've seen some great basketball, we've seen some poorer stretches. It's been a mix of the two, but obviously as we've detailed kind of on our broadcast and going into the season, you know, really tough schedule for the Lions. So, so where do you kind of judge them and grade them for where they've been at so far for, you know, six and four through 10 games of play? You know, I, I was thinking about it before we, we hopped on the podcast and, you know, I think all things considered, I think LME was doing a good job of, of handling the pressure this year. We've seen them lose a couple very winnable games, notably some at home. But, you know, I think for me that that win on the road against SMU and then the win on the road again against Tulsa, uh, those really stick out to me as, as high points and, and kind of evidence that LMU has has responded well to the pressure and to that tough schedule so far this year. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. You mentioned, I wouldn't necessarily call them home struggles, but they do have three of those losses at home in Gerson Pavilion. They have some, as you said, impressive wins away from Gerson, you know, one in a tournament, as you mentioned, in, in Jacksonville, and then two on the road against Long Beach State and Tulsa. Um, you know, what do you attribute, if anything, to the struggles at home, whether it just be the opponent or maybe not being able to close out those certain games, but what you've seen in, in those games compared to the games they've been able to pull out on the road, which have also been, uh, you know, very close games that they're able to pull out at the end. You know, it's interesting. I think that those close games have kind of been the key, win or loss. Uh, LMU has, has liked to keep it close this season. I think that the two wins were, were both come from behind wins. 
Uh, and, you know, I think at LMU, it just comes down to how they respond to the pressure. So for me, it's, you know, whatever Stan is saying to him in the locker room at halftime seems to be working, uh, especially on the road. But, you know, I, I think they've they've done a good job at home, too. Obviously, you mentioned the three losses, but um, those were winnable games that they, they went on big runs in. They had good individual performances. I think turnovers this season are still a huge point of contention and LMU hasn't rebounded as, as consistently as they have in years past and I think that's that's kind of been a point of contention for them yeah no question about it and and you know as you said 10 games obviously still a relatively small sample size for the Lions um, but you know six and four as you said not probably where they would like to be but at the same time um, still a good marker in terms of the competition that they've played against and and what we what we've seen so far. Uh, and I think one thing to note, of course, is whether it's players out of the lineup or players working their way back, the health factor is always something that's that's big. And we saw, of course, Damian Douglas come back into the fold. He's been great. We've seen Jalen Anderson has played just one game. He's obviously a big piece of what they want to do. So I think, you know, anything anytime you take into account what the Lions' record is, I think that has to be a factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Damien has been such a welcome addition to, to LME's offense, too. I mean, it, it's tough to have Eli out there doing all the work by himself inside. I think you saw guys early on, you know, Kelly uh, has worked really well in the lane. Even uh, Joe, I think, is, is driving better down low than I think I've ever seen him. Uh, and on top of that, I think he's shooting better from, from downtown than I think I've ever seen him. So you can see some of the guys picking up the slack. Uh, but yeah, it, it's awesome to have Damien back. I think something Coach Stan has, has said the whole season is, oh, you know, this team's going to look different in a, in a month than it does now. And I think that's, that's for me, been the big story of the season so far. I mean, I just look at the type of play um, that LMU is, is giving us, and it's vastly different from that, that opener against Chattanooga. Uh, and I think things are just going to continue to get more fluid and more dynamic for LMU as guys continue to get healthier and everyone just kind of learns to slot into their roles. Yeah, and, and that's something that's important as well. We're talking about guys slotting into their roles. You know, there are, of course, the returning players that that we know. Eli Scott, Joe Quintana, Damian Douglas, Kelly Leopepe, those guys. But at the same time, even if it is still a, a rather veteran-laden team, you still have newcomers in terms of transfers like Cam Shelton and, and Quan Marble and Alex Merckx-Velaze. So all of these guys that you're kind of integrating and throwing into the lineup that, uh, you know, take time to adjust and gel together. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Stan did a great job of recruiting, honestly, in, in the offseason, and he brought in some some really talented guys. I think it's just a matter of them finding where they're most comfortable. I think Cam Shelton is probably one of the best examples of that. He had, I think, probably by his standards, a, a slow start to his season. You know, coming into LMU, he was averaging close to 20 a game, and he's finally just starting to, to find... Uh, you know, where he's comfortable, but he's a heck of a player. He's a heck of a uh, ball handler as well. He's, he's one of the quicker guys on this team. Um, and I think it just it just came down to finding where he fits best in this offense. I mean, there's a lot of guys that can score in a lot of different places, and I'm sure coming in as a transfer to a team that's already decently well-rounded can, can be a challenge, and I think he's done a pretty good job of it. Yeah, and, and as you said, it looks like Cam has become more and more comfortable as the season has gone on. You know, obviously a different roster and system that he's coming from, from Northern Arizona. And, you know, he might not be expected to play the same role there that he is here, where, you know, Northern Arizona, he's a guy who scored, you know, 19, 20 points a game. Obviously on this team, you you always welcome scoring, but, you know, you have kind of your pecking order in the guys like, of course, Eli, Joe, Damian, those are your top scorers, where Cam is, is probably 
finding out, you know, his role and where he fits in in terms of when to be most aggressive and like any point guard, when to step up and, and facilitate and set up your teammates as well. Yeah, you know, and I think Cam's actually going to come into play um, if he can continue to improve in the way he has and, and get more comfortable. I think he's going to be huge in, into conference play. Obviously, the scouting report on Eli has been out there. He's dangerous with the left hand inside. Everybody knows that. And we've seen how difficult teams have, have made life for LMU when they shut down Eli, especially early on. But I think Joe is starting to get shut down a little bit, too. And, and you know, guys now know that he's a heck of a three-point shooter. And so when you have games where Eli and Joe are, are being locked down. You need other guys to, to come in and step up. Obviously, that's where a healthy Damien comes into play, but I think Cam uh, has a lot of room uh, to, to kind of blossom in that role as well. Yeah, and that's something to look, I think, to look for, obviously, in the final two non-conference games, and then, of course, conference season starting in the new year for LMU, where you mentioned Joe Quintana averaging 15 points per game, shooting 44% from three, but also you know, really getting circled on that scouting report and being the focus of defenses more. Uh, so it's up to a lot of those other guys, as you said, to to not only step up, but I think, you know, show their range from, from three-point range. LMU right now is a team just hovering right under 33%, so just slightly average, below average from there. You know, they have capable shooters, so I think, you know, ideally with time and with more space, with maybe Joe getting more of the attention, start stepping up and, and knocking down those three-point shots. And, you know, Kelly Lea Pepe has not shot it as well as we're used to. You mentioned Cam Shelton. Uh, and, of course, Jalen Anderson, whenever he comes back, I think he's probably one of those key guys that can can really shoot the ball uh, and could probably take a lot of that pressure off someone like Joe uh, and the other guys in the offense to, to add another weapon. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think you mentioned spacing as well. I think LMU probably, for me anyway, one of the reasons why they're, they're – numbers from distance aren't as high as we're used to seeing from this team is I think, you know, guys are, are locking down Joe on the perimeter and they're they're playing LMU really far out, uh, which does open up space in the middle. But I, I think LMU's played a lot of very quick teams that, that are very quick on defense. And I don't know if LMU is, is used to that kind of speed defensively. Uh, you know, in years past, LMU's been able to kind of whip the ball around the perimeter, play a little bit of inside out if they want to open up the outside. Uh, and if nothing else, allow Eli to, to kind of move and groove inside. But I think how quick defenses are, are recovering and sliding over to cover guys has made it really tricky to adapt. Yeah, and, and I think it's an adjustment for the Lions, like we said, with a lot of the new pieces and just integrating all that together. But, you know, one of the reasons I think that maybe, you know, the shooting numbers are a little lower, at least in terms of three-point percentage. From the field, LMU shooting about 45%, which is a pretty good number as a team. Um, you know, free throw percentage is also pretty high. So in general, shooting numbers are good. But um, it's something we always come back to, and it's, it's the turnover numbers, where obviously if you're not getting – as many shots or you're turning it over, your rhythm, you know, gets messed up and junked up, um, that can affect, you know, the rhythm in shooting the ball from the outside. So 16 turnovers per ball game for the Lions. We've seen, you know, a concerted effort as of late past couple games. Those numbers have improved. You know, there are a couple games where the numbers were really high. But um, what do you think is the key for the Lions in terms of taking care of the basketball and keeping those turnover numbers at a at a normal and respectable level to, to keep themselves in a lot of these very close and winnable games. I think uh, for me, a lot of it is, is off ball movement. You know, you hear Stan shouting at the guys, you know, move, move, move your feet. 
um, you know, from the sideline. I think a, a lot of guys kind of stand stagnant, and, and LMU has been kind of pushed up against the shot clock a couple times, and I think they've let go some desperation threes that have not only hurt their numbers but have then led to, to turnovers if the rebounding game isn't there. So I think just seeing guys move a little bit more off ball, create more separation, uh, and I think just, just better and more accurate passing too. I think there's been a couple times this season where LMU has just made some some telegraphed passes or some lazy passes that have resulted in a turnover and then a point and you know all of a sudden you could be leading a game and you know whoosh there goes all your momentum and you're playing catch up so I think that the three ball will open a little more comfortably when LMU can can take more of those confidence shot when they're in a, a proper offensive set but I think that that all starts with the the movement off the ball I think that's a great point I think the off ball movement um, you know when the offense does get stagnated that's certainly something that that you can point to a lot of the time and you know you look at someone of course like Eli Scott team's leader um, in so many ways, but obviously leads the team in points and rebounds and assists. You know, he's right up there in steals as well. But he does have that high turnover number of about, you know, a little over four turnovers per ball game. You know, some of that, of course, is is him facing double and triple teams and his decision making. But obviously, you know, as you said, the movement off the ball from his teammates, uh, you know, that plays into it as well. So I think that's certainly something where, you know, when Eli, who is the Lions focal point offensively, is is getting surrounded, you know, for those other guys to, to make it easier on him as well, uh, along with his decision-making to kind of, you know, bring those turnover numbers down a little bit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, this may be more subjective or speculative, but I think, you know, LMU, obviously, they don't have the height that they've had this year, but a lot of the guys have put on a lot of muscle over the offseason, and, and I think that says to other teams, hey, we can we can knock these guys up a little bit harder and, and play them a little more physical inside without too many repercussions on the, on the, the foul side. And I think LMU is still kind of adjusting to that level of, of physicality coming at them. We saw that especially in, in the Chattanooga game, I think, earlier in the season. I think it kind of caught LMU by surprise. But, you know, you, you look at other physical teams like uh, Long Beach played very physical as well. Um, and so I think LMU is still adjusting to that a little bit. Yeah, and, and of course, we mentioned anytime you talk about LMU basketball, at least in the past four or five seasons, Eli Scott is someone to mention for the Lions. He's had such an amazing career. And again, maybe after one or two games of a slower start by his standards, he's the same old Eli. He's been incredible. 17 points, about seven rebounds, three assists. And the, the shooting percentages have been great. 53% from the field. He's up at 78% from the free throw line, which is a big leap from where he's been in the past. And you know, 25% from three doesn't sound great, but when you consider, you know, he never really shot the three ball before, we've seen him step in and take that more regularly with more confidence, and he started, you know, what, one for ten for the season. He's been getting more of a rhythm and really finding that three-point shot lately, and, and obviously that ex- opens up his game that much more. And, you know, I, I love to see that, too, because in your fifth year, it's very easy, I think, to get comfortable and just say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm kind of the big man on campus. I, I have my role and I'm going to do it. But I think the fact that Eli is trying to, to open up the three ball says to me that he's always looking for that little extra tenth, you know, that, that little that extra inch that could help his game. And I think that says to me a lot about him and his character, just always wanting to improve. But I think a lot about Stan as well and in, in pushing an already incredible player to keep evolving their game. Uh, and I think it's it's been difficult. You know, Eli's not always going to make that three, but it kind of makes you look and, and, you know, raise the eyebrow when he does. Um, you know, I, I've really loved Eli's play this season. I think he's he's had to be a little bit more aggressive inside. Uh, we're seeing his left hand probably more accurate than ever. Um, and as you said, the, the evolution of his, his free throw shooting game has, has been great, too. Yeah, for such a play, such a physical player who obviously commands all the attention we talked about, but 
you know, along with shooting those threes, he's still going to be in the posts at the rim a lot. And the fact that that free throw percentage is, is up near 80% just, you know, makes him all the more dangerous and obviously helps out the Lions tremendously. So it's great to see Eli doing that. Uh, we mentioned, of course, Joe Quintana uh, in the defense is focusing more on him, but obviously have to highlight how good he's been, obviously, this season, averaging about 15 points per ball game, nearly two steals as well. But, you know, his shooting is really such a key factor for the Lions. When he when he is on and able to get those shots off, it, it really changes the dynamic for LMU. Yeah, and we've seen him be so helpful in, in game situations where LMU needs to go on a run. And, you know, a couple of three balls from, from Joe gets them there. And that can be great if you're trying to come from behind or just extend the lead and, and give yourself more of a buffer. But I think Joe's confidence has been has been you know increased as well this season i think also kind of like eli his work ethic has been really awesome and you know something i've noticed from him this season is you know you and i both get to games early and we leave after everyone's gone and joe is always the first guy on the court and the last one off um and he's just practicing his threes practicing his movement his separation um and you know i I think that shows his work ethic a lot it's it's paying off this season yeah and that's something that can be said obviously up and down the board for the lions where you know the work ethic and in all different sorts of ways, but of course, Joe and what you're talking about with, with his improvement and obviously always been a great shooter, but just trying to get better and better. We've seen it with Eli. We've seen it across the board and, and with someone like Damian Douglas, who we know how good and talented he is, but you know, it's really a testament to him for kind of maybe being ahead of schedule in terms of not only when he came back into the lineup off of a pretty serious hip injury, but just how good he's been and how normal he's looked since yeah. he's been back uh you know eight games played averaging 11 points five rebounds but it's the it's the burst it's the jumping ability it's the the ability to play on both ends of the floor it really looks like he hasn't missed a beat at all yeah his his defense has really been been something special to watch and uh i mean yeah second game back he had that poster dunk and then another one in in free space so he really hasn't missed a beat i know stan mentioned in in the post game after his first game back when he, he was supposed to just play limited minutes, you know, he was telling him, oh, you know, Damien, take it slow. And he came out and he was, he was juking and jiving and, and really didn't miss a step. Uh, and, and it's awesome to see because Damien is such an incredible athlete. Uh, you know, he's got so much potential, I think as well down the line in his career. And he's obviously a very central part of this offense, but he's been so dangerous on defense. And I think people really aren't, expecting that this season i think they're gonna have to you know someone that's that's been injured i feel like they can kind of fall to the back of your mind in, in game preparation and i think people are gonna have to be uh starting to take damien a little bit more seriously defensively because he is he's a force to be reckoned with say goodbye to dull gifts light box lab grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques they've cracked the science of the sparkle creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. As we look forward for LMU, we mentioned, you know, some of the, the tough losses at home, some of the close wins on the road, really, and we mentioned it on the broadcast as well, but outside of, you know, a few games here and there, pretty much every game this season, 
seems like it's gone down to the wire. You know, as you said, the, you know, the Little Rock win was a blowout win. The Florida State game was a blowout loss. You throw those two out. Everything else has been a close game within the last five minutes, two minutes of the ball of the ball game. So obviously that's something that, you know, is can make you tense. But at the same time, when you're talking about prepping for a very good West Coast conference, you're certainly getting your your tests here early and often in the non-conference schedule with, you know, a lot of late game clutch situations where you have to, you know, execute down the stretch. Absolutely. And I think heading into to the WCC, I mean, Gonzaga is first up on the docket, uh, you know, to, to start the new year. And that is going to be a huge challenge. So I think for LMU, I would imagine that they're they're excited. Um, but, you know, there is still a lot of work to be done. Obviously, no one's perfect in, in the WCC. I mean, record wise, San Francisco hasn't lost a game. But, uh, you know, Gonzaga has has two losses. It's a beatable team. And I think LMU will, will be looking at that and say, hey, you know, we've taken a good fight to the Bulldogs in, in previous seasons. I think we can can try to do a good job of that as well. And the games at home, too. And I know th- this program has done a lot to try to increase the atmosphere in Gersten. But, yeah, I, I think LMU can take a lot of lessons from this really difficult offseason or excuse me, regular season. Uh, and start to apply those things into conference play. Yeah, and and you alluded to it a little bit earlier with, you know, this is a very talented LMU team, but obviously compared to the past couple years, especially where they had a big guy like Matias Markison, uh, this is a team that, you know, is much smaller up front. They're still very physical, but height-wise, you know, they top out at about, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, uh, where most other teams are going against, we've seen them have you know multiple seven footers or other big guys in the lineup. Um, how do you think LMU has navigated that in those type of matchups? And and obviously in conference, you know you start off with Gonzaga with two of the better big men in the country. You know an upperclassman and Drew Timmy, and you know the number one recruit in the country and, and Chad Holmgren. Uh, just navigating that and dealing with teams that have you know a lot more size up front in the front court. Well, again, I, I think this is where off-ball movement is going to be really important. I think LMU perhaps this season hasn't looked quite as strong in transition. I think that's another another area where they can really start to beat some of these bigger guys who may have the size but not necessarily the speed. There are plenty of quick guys uh, on this roster. I think Stan has done a really good job of, of making sure these guys are, are in tip-top physical shape. Uh, and you can see it just all the, the work they've put in in the gym in the off season. But I think spacing is going to re- be really important. LMU can't afford to keep bunching themselves up in the lane or in the low post because it's just going to result in a in a strip or a steal. Uh, and against big teams like that, where you know if you have a big man playing down low and no one you can match up height wise, that's going to be an easy bucket. So LMU's got to limit the turnovers and, and move a little bit better. Yeah, no, that that's going to be key and. You know, obviously Gonzaga is its its own entity in terms of being one of the better teams in the nation, but it, it's something that you're going to have to face not necessarily every night. You're going to play some teams that are similarly small, but, you know, each night you're probably going to have to deal with maybe at least one seven-footer or, you know, one bigger guy in the lane where, you know, we know that Kelly is, is as strong as they come. We, you know, we know that Eli is the same, but, you know, those are certain things you have to navigate, whether it's, you know, playing physical but staying out of foul trouble whether it's you know making an extra effort to box out um, those are just certain things you have to deal with when when playing smaller and like you said you can kind of you know if you turn it on its head get out and run make it tougher on those teams in, in your own way and taking advantage on the other side yeah absolutely and you mentioned the foul trouble i think that's going to be crucial as well especially against some of those bigger guys you know when they're they're going for a bucket you can't be hacking at the arms you have to be smart on defense uh, play physical, but but not get yourself into too much trouble. 
Yeah, and you know, before we do get to conference play, uh, the the LMU Lions do have two more games in non-conference before uh, that season wraps up, and before, of course, the new year. Um, they're both coming up, you know, this week Saturday, LMU at Nevada, uh, taking on a five and four Nevada Wolfpack team in Reno, and then followed it up on Tuesday in Louisville against Bellarmine, uh, five and seven team, but they're a team that has played a brutal schedule as well with Gonzaga and UCLA and some other high-profile teams on on their docket. So they're probably better than that 5-7 and seven record entails. What do you see for the Lions, who we've, we mentioned have done well on the road, won some close, tough games, and again, two more tough opponents to close out non-conference in tougher environments on the road? I think for LMU, it's it's going to be they're they're going to have to come out hard against Nevada, but they're going to have to leave at least a little bit of something in the tank. I mean, playing on the 18th and the 21st, that's you can get a day of practice in there, but you know you're on the road, you've been traveling, uh, and going from Nevada to Kentucky, you know it's not the biggest road trip in the world, but it, it certainly will will affect these guys. Um, you know, I think they're just going to have to be tough. It's it's going to be a, a tough run. They'll get a big break before conference play, but they're going to have to come out swinging against Nevada and and really try to carry that momentum into Bellarmine I think just confidence wise if they could pick up two straight road wins um, that would be really really huge going into the Gonzaga game yeah and obviously going into conference you know no matter what your record is you're going to kind of wipe the slate clean and get ready for conference play but you know just from a, a mental standpoint you know being eight and four is you know would be would feel a lot better than being seven and five or six and six you know no matter what the case is I think the lines will be confident with what they have going forward into conference play but you know going into you know the break as you said from the 21st to the first uh, coming off a couple nice wins would definitely feel good for the Lions yeah absolutely and you know as we said I think momentum is going to be huge I think LMU can't really afford to to let either Nevada or Bellarmine go on on big runs as you said their their record's not necessarily indicative of of how good they are and we've seen that from a couple teams that LMU's played this season already um and so I think LMU is just going to have to, to, to show a little bit of toughness and, and resilience. This is a very capable and very talented team. And we've seen glimmers of it when everything kind of comes together and, and the, the, the plan is there. It's a really, really tough team to beat. Yeah, and we've heard it from Stan Johnson, who has done a great job through, obviously, last year navigating everything with, with COVID. And we're going through that, you know, again and through another wave of that right now. But, um, you know, again, has LMU off to a nice start again this year building the identity for the team that he wants. And I think, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's mentioned, you know, when they get healthy, when they get more continuity and games under their belt, you know, I think we're going to see a different, more complete team that puts together that that 40-minute game, as he puts it, that we haven't quite seen yet, where instead of just spurts, we'll kind of see the full product and effort from this team uh, when they get all that continuity together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm really excited for that that prospect as well. You know, obviously you hope that some of the guys that are sitting out right now due to injury are, are healing up as, as fast as you can because you would love to have everybody back on the court. Obviously, we, we've missed seeing Jalen Anderson aside from that first game and, and Damien as he continues to, to be on the mend. It doesn't really look like he's got much healing left to do. He's, he's looked really, really strong. But, you know, there's some other guys as, as well. Um, you know, Yvonne, who's who's out at the moment, Mayo Mayum, who we haven't really seen yet. Um, LMU has some, some cards in the back pocket. It's just a matter of, of when we'll see those guys. Um, but I, I think all in all, it's exciting. And I think Stan really has done done a good job of, of trying to build a well-rounded team. I think LMU just they just need that final piece of the puzzle to, to really put it all together. And I think consistency is, is going to be the name of the game going forward because we've seen it in spurts, but we do need to see it over 40 minutes. Yeah, so we'll see if you know this weekend and you know early next week are kind of the first times we see that 
that full product with LMU taking on Nevada and Bellarmine uh, before heading into conference play on the first. But uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, obviously, you mentioned for who, whoever listens or watches LMU basketball, you can hear Jonathan and I uh, on the broadcast, whether it's on KXLU or on the WCC network. He does such a great job, and uh, we're appreciative of, of coming on the show. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, thanks for having me, Jesse. No, it's, it's always a blast, and I love calling games for LMU, so uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they can do the rest of the season. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in LMU Basketball podcast. Thanks so much for tapping back in with us here. As we mentioned at the top of the show, you can join us wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple if you join us there. So as we said, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week to recap the Nevada and Bellarmine games, get you ready for West Coast Conference play as well. But we're back and rolling full strength here on the Believe Podcast Network. So until next week, this is the only basketball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.